Welcome to the Quickstop F1 podcast. My name is Nyasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Joining me as ever is my co-host, co-founder, not always there when you call. She's always on time. <laughs> Look at you, looking incredible. Oh my God. Huh? With the, with the blonde, with the blonde bob. Are you crazy? Crazy. I feel like when, How are you? A, when a black woman changes her hair blonde, it's yeah, it's something. It's startling. Do you know what I mean? It's something. You've gone from like it's something. You've gone from like Erica Badu yeah. to do you know what I mean? Like Thunderbirds. Like you know what I mean? It's great. It's crazy right now. Like, but you look great. You thank look you. Incredible. Thank you. That's okay. I look good too. Thank you. You look great. Um, We've missed you. You know, see my little earring. See my earring. It dingles. It dangles. I feel like when a black man wears a dangly earring in his ear as well, that too means something. That does mean something, and all rumors are true. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's not about me. It's not about Danny. It's about our guest today. Look, in a race that was packed with racing incidents, packed with overtakes, and packed with. Uh, stewarding decisions, which you've had mm. the timeline talking for days. Uh, mm. It is a pleasure and an honour to welcome one of our favourite guests that we ever have on this show. The ever accommodating, insightful, and enjoyable. It is Brad Philpa. Yay! How you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Good evening. So I'm fully aware I'm a last-minute replacement for someone. I don't know who, someone probably more important, but I am determined got, to do a gonna... much better job than whoever it was going to be. So I'm here well, to, to bring some wheel knowledge. You know what, Brad? You, if you're going to blow up my spot, fine. Let me tell you now, you are my first choice on an unorganized event, okay? Uh, I, there was no guest. There was no guest, and I said, you know what? It's four o'clock in the afternoon, maybe five, maybe six even, actually. Yeah, it was more like 6.15. It was 6.15. Okay, you go, okay, well, again, blowing up my spot. Thank you very much. Uh, and I said, who would be the most appropriate person to bring on? Who have we not spoken to for a while? And then I thought of you. So, well, yes, I do appreciate the lateness and your accommodatingness. You are my first choice. And I thought, look, I can't say no to Nyasha because Tandy obviously won't turn up as usual. So he can't do this on his own. So I'm going to be... <laughs> I, I was stunned when she arrived. Brad! Brad! Who have you been speaking to? Like, I'm sorry, what? Tandy won't what? I'm always I'm, on time. I'm a re- I'm a regular listener to this show, so I know that's not oh true. Oh, my God. <laughs> crazy. All right, Brad. It's crazy. All right, All right Brad, Brad. That's, that's crazy. All right, Brad. Anyway, I've got that out of the way now. Red in line. Yeah. Well, look, guys, whether you're a part-time listener or a full-time listener or a first-time listener, <laughs> make sure you're liking and subscribing this video. Uh, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify, leave us a five-star review. If you're on Apple, make sure you leave us a review and a rating. And of course, there's a Patreon for the ad-free stream. Um, Tandy, Vegas, 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 for all of its sins in Sin City, uh, for, you know, and, and everything that kind of happened this weekend. Um, I guess from your, um, let's say, from your initial biases and, and thoughts and, and opinions and how you were, how you viewed Vegas to 
how you feel having watched, you know, a weekend full of full of action and incident, you know, off the track and on the track and, you know, a lot of talk. How do you feel about the Las Vegas Grand Prix and how did you enjoy it? Unmute yourself, dickhead. I knew you were going to do that. Um, okay, so obviously... Obviously, um, me and Yash were supposed to be in Vegas. And there was actually a point, I think I phoned Yasha on Friday and I was like, oh my God, thank God we missed that shit show of a freaking event. An absolute circus even. A circus. So I think in terms of fan experience, I'm glad I missed it. I feel like maybe even us as viewers saw things that the fans are probably like, oh, that happened. Um, yeah. Felt like a circus to me, I'm afraid. That's just how I feel. Brad, I'll come to you in a second. Mm. Now, what I wanted to ask you is, with given all of that, mm. did anything that happened Turn it on around track kind of change, change your mind about that? Or do you... Do you, do you still really have like quite um I don't think you're you know the only one, but do, do you have like a glib kind of view on on the race? Yeah. So I, I was no, sorry, on, I thought you were asking me. It's okay, go. <laughs> I, 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 I miss I misread okay, that. Man. I was like my turn. Okay, <laughs> no, up to you. <laughs> I, I was quite enthusiastic about this event. So mm. I'm you know, I'm a massively long term F1 fan. I've watched this thing for a long, long time, like 30 years. And it'd be quite easy to be one of the traditionalists and, you know, be a little bit resistant to the American takeover and Liberty's approach. But I've kind of just been happy to see my sport be embraced by more people and and America in particular, because I know we've had a few failed attempts to break America. So I was kind of like on board. Let's just be enthusiastic and not cynical about Las Vegas. It's going to be glitzy and American and whatever, but if we're going to do it anywhere... Let's do that in Las Vegas. And then Friday happened and I was like, oh, that's, this is a shame. Like this is worst case scenario. We, we're having one of the worst days that I can remember in F1, sending fans home, having armed police, having arguments with fans saying they're going to arrest them if they don't leave the stand when they paid lots of money to be there and they've waited for this delayed session. It's just the worst possible look for F1. But, I thought it was redeemed as the weekend. Well, not not entirely, obviously. That that's that needs to be dealt with and it doesn't look like anyone's getting refunds and all that is a whole other absolute shit show. But as a as a venue, if if that wasn't happening, if they hadn't screwed up with the whole drain situation, I actually think it it has potential to work long term. I thought the track looked rubbish initially, but I was proven wrong as a racetrack later on. So I'm sure we'll get into that. But then again, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but all, because I hang out on LinkedIn nowadays and the chat on LinkedIn is like, do not let this palaver return to Vegas. Like it has stopped everything that is so Vegas. It has out of Vegas itself, basically. Um, the palaver is the palaver, but the palaver then becomes a circus. And it's now just like not enjoyable. However, we do know as Formula One fans that these people don't actually care about us anyway. But I guess 
things like Vegas is literally the the cream pie in the clown's face. That's the gig. Like, haha, we actually don't give a shit about you guys. <laughs> However, we'll give you guys a half decent race. I, I, Brad, even though you were talking about the track, I still think the track's rubbish. I do think, still think the track is rubbish. I think a modern street track mm. is going to tend to be like this one was. They seem to have mm. gone for like this super high speed, mm-hmm. um, lots of, lots of slipstreaming. You just have, I don't, I don't quite know why, but like Baku, they just want mega top speed. Yeah. It, I think it worked this weekend for this race. We got a, we got a good race. Um, definitely one of the better races this season, but, yeah, I don't know. The track doesn't have any, apart from the final corner, that's quite a, that's a feature corner, that really high-speed left-hander. And, and turn one, it's quite recognizable. The rest of the track, I honestly had no idea where they were most of the time. Without looking at the track map, I really didn't know. So they were just coming into one of many heavy braking zones into a tight corner. So it, it didn't have a lot, despite having tons of features next to the track, you can really see them, apart from the sphere, you can definitely see the sphere, but... You couldn't really see the features, and I don't know Las Vegas. You know, I don't. I've never been there. I don't really know one hotel from the next hotel. So I'm being told this is a famous. Even when they're on the strip, it's like, okay, but the strip's just like a road with some hotels, so it's not doesn't seem very featureful in the dark. In the daylight, I think you'd see some more of the things, like the um, like the Eiffel Tower and all that kind of thing. So one idea I've heard um, suggested is maybe starting it when the sun's setting. So you've got some natural daylight and it looks spectacular with the desert sunset. And then in tonight, that might give it a bit more character. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think they were very heavy on the night lights thing and you've just got to be ideal and realistic with what's going on in the time zones and everyone who's watching that maybe it does need to start earlier. 100% it needs to start earlier. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I, I was actually just reading an article now. Um, um, well, she too just blocked me out of any in chat uh, regarding that. Um, but uh, no, I was just looking up some stuff. So Charlotte Claire um, actually said, uh, and I quote, um, that he felt the schedule was a bit on the limit and there was not much to change apart from the timing. Um, and, and I think, like, for me... I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with both of you in terms of I don't think I think the, they were so for me I feel like F1 really how do I describe this what Max Verstappen said on Saturday when he was like you know I feel like it's one percent show. Sorry, 99% show, 1% sports, or something along those lines. And I know that, you know, you can tell everyone got quite hurt by that. You know, Will Buxton started tweeting out mad propaganda tweets like he does when they're in crisis mode. <laughs> and and then, um, and then you know, every question after this race was like, oh, well, you know, how do you feel about Vegas? How good was Vegas? Vegas was so good, right? Yeah, it was really good, Max, yeah? Um, you know, and Max is singing Viva Las Vegas down the straight line. Look, riding in the back of a Rolls Royce will do that to a hoe. I'm not going to lie to you. Put a, put a hoe in the back of a Rolls Royce. They might change their mind on something. You know it's, what's, it's crazy. You know what's but, so funny is how yeah. much Nyasha just drops 
subtle digs at Will Buxton. I don't know if anyone notices it, but he does it so much. And there was actually a time when we saw Will Buxton and he was like, oh my God, it's Will Buxton. Will! Will! He loves him! Cap. He was like, the Will! Cap. The cap on this app! <laughs> I can't believe you this just come on when, here and lied. This is when this man said, I, when I was waving at Yuki, I looked like... Um, Women are wicked. That's Mandela. Winnie Mandela. Mandela. I, watched, I watched Invictus today and I was actually going to message you a little fucking <laughs> screenshot of that. This guy but, saw Will Buxton and he was excited. I'm telling you now. Do you, see how, do you see how wicked women are, yeah? Do you see how wicked women are? You're wicked. You're women, actually like... I've been to his house. Women? I've been to Will Buxton's house. <laughs> oh You've been God, to Will Buxton's house? To, to borrow a race suit, he kindly lent me a race suit because he, when he raced against Max Verstappen in that Florida series like a decade ago, um, he had a race suit. And this was like eight years ago now, but I needed one for an event, didn't have one that was in date, and he offered to lend me it. So I thought it was very kind. Was this Race of Champions? House. No, this was actually, in, this was before Race of Champions. It was a Nürburgring oh. event. Anyway, yeah, sorry, just chucking that out. So how about, got a very how nice house. I, I, I don't doubt it. Don't tell me I Probably even nicer now. What happened was, if my memory serves me correctly, was that <laughs> we saw him and Tandy literally didn't know what he looked like. <laughs> of literally had no, you had no clue honest, what he Rob looked like. Buxton, and then like I put... Rob Buxton looks like any average white male in his 40s, 30s. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. Sorry to... So who's, getting his, who's getting his subtle digs now? <laughs> it's not me. I'll tell you that for free. Dad loves anyway. Will Buxton. I'm telling you, Dad, so much. Like, he loves him. Anyway, anyway continue. Look, I think, I think, like I said, in Austin, he's got the best job in the world, I think. But yeah. anyway. Um, you're a liar. So, um, so, so, you literally made me lose my train of thought. Austin, uh, Vegas. So for me, I think what is, I think the flip of what Max Verstappen kind of said and what everyone, I think a lot of people wanted this to fail. The same way they want Miami to fail, the same way they want pretty much any new race that comes on the calendar, which is not like quote unquote European heritage track thing. And I do think it's like a big refusal to move with the times. Now, Vegas did not help itself with Friday. And I think you're both right. They've, they've got to push this shit back or forward, I guess. Push it back. It just, I don't know why we're pandering to the European audience when you've gone all out in Vegas. Make it good for Vegas and it'll be a good event yeah. for us all to watch. We can get up late at night once in a while. Like it, I think it makes it more special. And the problem they had is yeah. they screwed them on the Friday because they were up against it because they're trying to do it so late at night. They've got no yeah. wiggle room if something goes wrong. And stuff goes wrong quite often. We have, you know, yeah. whether it's weather or something like this stupid drain cover problem, Formula One gets delayed sometimes. It could be a barrier repair. Someone could have a crash in the first practice, damage the barrier. It takes a bit longer to fix and suddenly you're up against it and they need to reopen the roads and people need to get to work. Why make it that difficult? They could just move it earlier. People in Vegas would have a better time. Still at night, it's just not at like 2am. Yeah. So I, I'd be all in favour of them moving it to a better time. And I just think trying to make it the whole show 
rather than if I'm in Vegas, right? What would be cool for me is if the race was, let's say, seven o'clock. And I don't know, obviously, maybe they don't want to compete with NFL. I don't know, whatever, right? But if the race is at like seven, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever, and then everything finishes by like 10, latest, as a spectator, that gives me the whole night to go out, you know, I can go get some dinner, I can go to a casino, and it's not like, I'm 35. The thought of being at a racetrack at 1.30 is scary. I don't want to be there. Like, I just, I'm respectfully. So I just think, yeah, I think they move it like, I think they move it back and make it a bit more like, you know, sensible. And the ticket prices, bro, like 1,600 for three days, which was the initial offering, I think, other than like the 500, $500 tickets they'd done for Vegas residents, they didn't sell out. I know they're trying to say they had 350,000 people there. I'd love to know how those 350,000 people got the tickets. I don't... They did, Handy. They did. But the reduction was, you know, I think it was still a grand for three-day tickets, like two, three days before. In comparison, Austin was like, what, $300? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, I don't think that's sustainable in this economic climate and with the state the sport is in, like, in terms of, like, slightly dwindling television audiences, slightly dwindling social media numbers, slightly dwindling um, attendances across the American races. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. But I loved it. Like, the race. I just watched it again now, to be honest. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I, you know, but I, do, I, I like fast tracks. I like Jeddah, you know? I like Silverstone. Um, I do like on the limit tracks, which produce good racing. And I feel like if the race was shit, as well as all the other stuff happening, I think it could have been an absolute bloodbath for that, for that race. But over 10 years, hopefully they get it right in terms of the fan, the fan side of things. Um, Tandy would, uh, out of interest, do you, I feel like you were probably looking forward to going to Vegas more than you look forward to going to Austin. And then we didn't end up going to Vegas. So having seen, having been to Austin and having seen Vegas on TV. Yeah. um, Actually leave Austin aside because we're always going to go. But like with Vegas, like do do you, do you still want to go to Vegas or? Um, having, having, having just slayed it. You know what? Before, just like Brad, I don't think I would ever voluntarily go to Vegas if it wasn't for something like Formula One. So I guess there is that. So that's why I feel so much sympathy for people who've gone out, they've gone and bought like maybe plane tickets. Because even if you live in America, you'll still get a plane ticket. You've gone out and bought plane tickets. You've gone out and got grandsons tickets. And then you just don't get the experience that you've paid for. And then on top of that, you're being told you won't even get like your money reimbursed from a corporation, which you can see is just throwing money at any and everything. That's an insult. Do you know what I mean? Um, But in terms of it, I think, again, the only reason you would find me in Vegas is either because I've decided to marry someone who, anyway, and, um, and whether I'm going to Vegas. Finish that thought. Finish, Finish that thought. 
Finish that thought. <laughs> Who are you marrying? No one. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, no, I, I like, no, I, I understand. Brad, what would it take for you to go to the Las Vegas Grand Prix? Um, I'm not really one for traveling abroad and spending my own money to go and watch a race. So I've only, like I've only ever seen F1. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a long way to go to see less than you'd see on your TV. I like being at Formula One races for the experience. I've been to Silverstone tons of times over the years, most recently last year. Yeah, I was there last year. Um, and I have been to a foreign Grand Prix. I went to the Brazilian Grand Prix in 2011, but even then, nice. that was only because I was a guest of Red Bull who I'm a massive fan of, as you well know. So that was, <laughs> and, you know, that was, um, again, I, I couldn't have afforded to do that. It's a massive outlay to go to even a, one of the cheaper places and, and stay there. So I, I think I would have to have a very, very strong desire for some reason to go to one. I mean, Spa, I could be tempted to go to because it's drivable and I know it's not going to be crazy money and it's got massive history and, uh, you know, and, and passion there. I think Max, that's what Max was citing. I'd be, I would go to Vegas if the tickets were paid for, because I think it's cool. It's a place I want to go because I want people to be jealous that I was there. And I just want to experience <laughs> such a different race event. I've, I would never have been to something that is, that is whether it's 50% show or 99% show, like Max said, it's way more show than a normal race that I would ever have gone to before. So I, I could be persuaded to go for sure, but I'm not going to be spending my own money on it anytime soon. I, I just want to say also, F1, you absolute bastard offering them man $200 store credit after what happened on Friday. I think that's an absolute joke, T. That's that an insult, isn't not, it? That's an insult. That's an insult. Don't run my house and give me an Argos voucher, bro, <laughs> to replace the shit. Not an Argos voucher. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, not even Amazon. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do with this shit, so what, bro. With the vouchers for those... Like, I've got to go. With the vouchers for those clothing stands that we see, what were they for? F1 shop? Yeah, so it's for the event. I think it's for the event store. So I think it's like $200 off. Vegas GP store, right. Right. So the F1 merch that everybody hates. The overpriced nacho. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas GP store? Yeah, they said that shit. But they can't even get back in. Trust me, not even the stuff that ASAP Rocky freaking designed. That shit outfit. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The worst bit about that offering the $200... Um, voucher again it's not even $200 cash is that they the way that the F1 statement came out and I know they've got to cover themselves for legal reasons but legal reasons. you know you don't care if you're the one that's been wronged but I don't care why they're saying it in a certain way the way they worded it was hey you know it's just like when weather forces us to cancel other events you know basically there's nothing we could have done and it's not like that. That is, it was clearly bad preparation. So, it's it was their fault. It wasn't comparing it to weather or other force majeure. Thing. You know, maybe if if um, I don't know, there, there are plenty of other situations that could have not been their fault directly. That you could say, okay, well, 
they don't have to give a refund because although the fans have been wronged, it also wasn't Formula One's fault. It was some third party. But this was Formula One's fault. Like They were promoting it. They were in charge of circuit inspections. It's their fault the track wasn't ready in time. It's their fault someone decided these twist lock um, drain covers for the water valves or whatever were going to be okay and no one tested them to see if they were okay. And so you can't say, you can't give a statement and say, look, don't worry, we're going we're gonna to make this right with you and give you a $200 voucher for our merchandise. Everyone who's, ha- who's not get- got to see it and have been turfed out by a cop with a gun, they, they're pissed off at Formula One. They don't want to wear a Formula One t-shirt. Hey, hey, we, we fucked you over. Here's some memorabilia. <laughs> Just to remind you of how you had a gun in exactly. your face to chuck you out like you tried to run the Bellagio like Danny Ocean in them, man. It's ridiculous. I can't believe it. The goal, the gumption, the absolute lunacy of this. But we follow this sport. Time after time again, they show us that. Um, the audacity. They will always have that. And uh, big other men that have done the class action, uh, class action lawsuit against Vegas over that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you um, can't just let them get away with that. Trust me. They can't get away with that. They can't get away we with that. We saw it. Work the day the Pete Smith. Way. Hey. Channeled the spirit to Tupac. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, big up. But look, big up everyone who went to Vegas. I hope you had a great time. I know uh, Crystal from uh, Team LH NYC got some fabulous uh, content on the Thursday. Yeah. Crystal's uh, content was top notch. Crystal went to the Almarve ting. She went and breathed the same air mm. as Lewis. I breathed the same air as hey, Crystal. You probably smell him. Do you know I mean? Yeah. Somebody was talking about Lewis, Sorry, how Lewis extension. smells on the timeline. I think it was, I think it might have been Tasha. Everyone says he smells good. Yeah, and Denny, he looks like a man who smells good. Yeah. He layers well, look, as well. He's mixing the Tom Ford with the Margiela. I knew like, it was Tasha. Tasha just okay, okay. Me. Any more? I knew it. Yeah, he layered. Any more for any more for any more? Oh my god! So I woke up on the Friday. Oh, okay. And I looked at mm. one of my phones. Hold on. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I looked at one of my phones, and I'm seeing. I open my phone, yeah, and I go on. I go on Twitter. Oh my god! Like, do you know what? Like, Lewis Hamilton's fucking sexy, yeah. But my god, oh my god, he was wearing this like all black ensemble. You guys know? Mm. <laughs> no way! No way! Was it raining on the track or? Wow. So, <laughs> as in... <laughs> What's wrong with you? This my, is a family podcast. This is my podcast. This <laughs> a PG-13 podcast. Water. Anyway, bye. Let's stop. Anyway. Let me sweat. Let me... Big... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Lewis Hamilton big, has affirmed my uh, sexuality. Yeah. I am into him. Thank you. Your pronouns are him. 
Mine. Those are my pronouns. <laughs> my him, him, mine. Um, my man, right. my man, my so, man, my pronouns. Yeah, been one of them. It's been a while since you said that. Anyway, look, um, thanks for that, Tandy. Really, uh, when I said any more for any more, I meant stop talking about it and you carried on. So, um, so um, Brad. Let's get back to the racing. Look, Lewis is fine. But uh, there was... Uh, what I will say about Lewis, before I get into that, the way they tried to stick everything that happened in turn one on Lewis, when he was, he was nowhere near it, was hilarious. Like, Alonso spun on his own. Like, oh, I think Lewis has maybe tapped him there. And then Carlos Sainz <laughs> spun on his own. I think, oh, Carlos Sainz and Lewis have come together. It's like... Neither of them <laughs> had anything to do with him. He was a victim for one of them. But right at the front, uh, Brad, there was um, something that we've seen quite a lot. In fact, something that we saw even in qualifying the day before uh, with Max Verstappen uh, into the first corner. Pardon me. Um, him and Esteban Ocon obviously did it in qualifying, but it doesn't count. It was in qualifying and, you know, whatever. But in the race, He's got off the line from second place in front of Charles Leclerc, got to the first corner, outbraked himself or just failed to take the line. And he's basically taken both of them off the track and he's ended up getting a five-second penalty. Um, I guess just on that with Max, um, it's something we've seen quite a lot from him. And it doesn't seem to be something that he ever, I just feel like that's his, I feel like he'll always try and push that style as far as he can go. So I feel like if he'd kept maybe like two wheels outside of the white lines, maybe that move wouldn't have, wouldn't have kind of, because we've seen a lot of drivers be pushed to the outside. George and Lewis have had a couple of uh, incidents like that. And I know you're, <clears throat> pardon me, I know you're quite, you're always quite, uh, quite keen to kind of outline that they changed the laws for overtaking. I think they even mentioned it in commentary um, quite recently. Max's driving style, I guess your thoughts on Max's driving style, especially when it comes to overtaking and I guess that incident. Yeah. So quite often when you have racing incidents, um, controversial overtakes in a, in a race, you can have, it can be quite grey and tricky to to determine exactly who was at fault and why and what should have happened. Everything that happened in this race that I can remember was pretty clear cut, regardless of how I didn't hear the commentary because I was doing this this other show thing where you didn't have any yeah. commentary, but I could see what was going on. Everything was pretty clear cut. Whether we're talking about um, the first corner with these two, um, Hamilton Piastri later, Russell Verstappen later, whatever. We can get into them as and when, but they're all pretty clear. So you asked me what I think of Verstappen's driving style. Um, I'm not shy in criticizing any driver when I think they've done a thing wrong. Verstappen has borne the brunt of a lot of my criticism since well, since the beginning of 2021. People will say it's because I'm just crying because of the end result. But the whole way through that season and subsequent seasons... When Max, in particular, you know, he's the one that we're focusing on because he's out front and he's the one doing this. When he goes for a move, an overtake, he quite often does this move that he did at turn one um, at Las Vegas, which is where 
he will go super deep into a corner and force the driver he's overtaking off and then claim, well, I was ahead at the apex or on the way into the corner. And therefore, by the updated driving regulations, if you're on the inside and you're ahead, you don't have to give the driver on the outside any room at all on the exit. You can legally, effectively force them off the track. And Max has got away with that move a lot of times. However, the one thing you do have to be able to do, even in that kind of quite extreme um, version of an overtaking regulation, which I think is a rubbish regulation, but we could get into that separately. What you do have to do, if you're going to be that guy who dives up the inside and gets there first, basically, and claims the corner and you can force people off, you have to also be able to stay on the track. And Max didn't do that at Brazil 21. He, there's a few occasions where he hasn't done that. And he really clearly didn't do that at turn one at Las Vegas. He was miles off the track. And, and even if he wasn't, even if he did manage to stay on two wheels, like you were saying, you could still make the argument that he only got to that position by going into the corner too fast. But there at least yeah. would have been some ammunition for the stewards to be lenient on him. But this time, I think they spent seven laps desperately trying to find a way that they could let him keep that position. And it was just too clear cut. This was the first time in a while we've seen one that there would have been a bit of an uproar if they hadn't penalized him for that. But having said that, I was watching pretty confident they still weren't going to penalize him. That's the that's what we've gotten used to up until now. So yeah, pretty clear cut. He He just didn't make the corner, obviously forced Leclerc off and... And it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter whether it's because he outbraked himself. It doesn't matter whether it's because it was a bit slippery because of the oil and the dust that were down on that side of the track at the beginning. Whatever the reason, it still happened. And it wasn't the mm. guy that you inconvenienced fault. It was it was the overtaker's fault. So it had to be a penalty. But like I said, I wasn't confident it was ever going to be until I saw it pop up. Yeah, Tandy. I'm not going to lie. I did think of you when I was watching the race. Um... And this incident happened on lap one. It was lap eight before they took a decision on what they were going to do with it. And in the back of my mind, I did have a little conspiracy. You know what? You know what will like even affirm the conspiracy is when the guy says, send them my regards. You could have hid it. Do you know what that I mean? That honestly just highlighted that highlighted how used to getting away with horrible stuff regard. like that that driver has got. Trust me. It's Trust like me. he's acting like he's hard done by. He's acting like, yeah, of course they penalised mm-hmm. me. Oh, it's so I'm it's, oh, it's so out of order. It's like mm-hmm. this. You couldn't have done a more obvious <laughs> penalty overtake. You know what? I he's do already sometimes. gotten away with the Ocon thing the day before. Hmm. Mm. You know what I do sometimes? My um, I don't get on with my um, <laughs> I don't get on with my niece's mum, right? So my brother's ex girlfriend, and every time my nieces have been like round with me and they've stayed with me, I'll be like to the youngest, "Tell your mum I said wagwan," and I'll say to the eyes, "Like tell your mum I said hi," and I know it's it's a it's by a, a bum that rascal. You know, bye. Stop. <laughs> And I feel this like this is like why a- I'm a regular listener for, for Tandy's <laughs> analogies. I love these. <laughs> this is what I be doing because I like, first of all, <laughs> beef that out. 
3550. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Carry on. Because <laughs> um, she's just not a nice lady, isn't it? And um, I'm not a nice lady either. So I will then say to her, yo, Amaya, how your mama said, I, yeah. And she knows what it means. And now she won't go back and say to her mom, yo, Auntie Tandy said, yo, wagwan. Um, and I just think it's literally a slap in our faces. Like he's a literally listening to a man say like, yeah, send them, make sure you send him those puppies I promised him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he's got a mom <laughs> who's gone around and said, what do you want? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like sending yakka. It's his way of saying, how dare you? He's like, yeah. he's, he's literally saying, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Tell them my regards. Be like, yeah, I know where you live. Or as if he, he, him and Martin Brundle went up to like a whole load of these FIA guys at the start of the season and said, look, I see where your daughter goes to school. Look, I see how much you, you owe to the mm. government. And he said, send him my regards. Mm. It's just, I don't know. Call me crazy, yeah, but you won't call me dumb to match Verstappen's things. Huh? Can we talk about... Can we talk about the Ocon thing? I know you. I know you said you know it doesn't matter. It's qualifying the day before. So when it oh is, yeah, yeah we're sure. in qualifying. Was it Q two or Q one? Even I think it was Q one. I think it might have been Q one. Ocon got knocked out early but, anyway um, because of it because he couldn't complete his lap. But you've got a situation where Verstappen is at the front, slowing everyone down, backing up the pack. Every, everyone's Q one. Everyone's jostling for position. So. You know, whatever they've got this, they've got this gentleman's agreement where you don't overtake people in the in that situation. But it's not a rule, and ultimately, it's every driver for themselves. And these guys are driving to a minimum delta, and they're already up against it. You know, they're they're going to get in trouble for going too slow themselves. Max is at the front. It's up to him if he wants to back people up. But you've got you're risking people going. Screw this! I'm I'm going past. You've you've gone too slow for too long. I've got to go now. And that's exactly what happened. Ocon went to go. Max then blocked him. So Ocon tried to go early. Max could have still done his backing up and had space, but he blocked Ocon on the first attempt of overtaking him. Ocon finally got through, happened to overtake Max through just before the last corner or whatever. And then Max, as we saw, dived down his inside in the next corner because he'd seen Ocon's ruined my run. So I'm going to ruin his run. That's, that's not really on. It's, it's bad sportsmanship. I don't, people said, yeah, well, Ocon screwed Verstappen, so Verstappen screwed Ocon. It's kind of tit for tat. But Ocon did what he had to do to get his lap started because he was being held up by Max. Max wasn't doing anything legitimate other than deliberately screwing the guy. And even that, I'd be like, okay, it's not really a penalty though because you can't prove that that's why he did it. But the guy admitted it. He says on camera, no, I, I did that as a revenge, you know, as revenge for what happened. That is how, that's how untouchable this guy and this team feel. They feel like they can break a rule. They can be unsportsmanlike. You know, that that's easily unsportsmanlike behavior. You can point to probably four regulations that that breaks in the sporting code. If any other series, you're getting a massive slap on the wrist or, or wrist or penalty or whatever. And even in Formula One, I'm sure people have been done for that kind of thing in the past. It would be easy to point to a rule. But they feel so empowered that they aren't they're not gonna get they're not gonna get in trouble for stuff like this. That the guy goes on TV afterwards and says, oh yeah, I did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. He he got in my way, so I deliberately ruined his lap. And it's like, yeah, good. I screwed him. Like anyway, it's just a, it just highlights. I know there was no penalty no. and I know it's only qualifying, but that incident just highlights 
the level of, like I say, how much they feel untouchable. And it's, yeah, it's, um, it's not good. It needs to change. No, 100%. Uh, look, Tasha just dropped in that uh, GP also came on the radio and said, and I quote, um, uh, something like, by the way, he didn't make it through. And I think there was even comments, um, you know, GP always, GP is as bad as Max here. Yeah? They, like, it's such a, and of course, they're both very dry and sarcastic, so they're speaking each other's language, but that sense of, like, misplaced injustice that absolutely permeates through every pore of Verstappen fans who think they were so hard done by for so long because one person was winning and then all of a sudden one person winning and it's like this guy's driving on Flintstone feet and it's not a fucking massive car advantage but he can also do no wrong like ever the whole world's against him he's just fighting the man hey max just wants, just wants to sim race he just wants to fucking get in the car and drive he's thinking viva las vegas in a fucking elvis suit i'm supposed to get his phone out and start taking pictures of the bellagio fountain towers taking selfies with him and fucking checo and charles he was gassed gassed all I'm trying to say is this guy should not feel untouchable in... Uh, no, he shouldn't feel untouchable because he should be penalised for some of the shit that he does, and he doesn't. And the fact that he... Got, like you, We can go to the next incident. George on Max didn't take seven laps to sort out. Lewis and uh, Piastri didn't take seven laps to sort out. Why on earth it would take seven laps of which four or five were behind the safety car, by the way, giving you an opportunity to just swap the positions, offer a deal or no deal, it's happened in the past, why they couldn't do that during the safety car and make a decision where everything slowed down, I just, I find that, even though he got the penalty in the end, I find it so crazy that it took that long to make that comment. And I, what I think if people have a distrust for F1 and maybe some of the biases at play, stuff like that doesn't help for me. And it doesn't matter whether it's Max or Lewis or, or whatever, because I know Max fans, you guys like to tussle. Who's going to fight me though? None of you. Um, I just want consistent stewarding. That's all we want. And when it's not consistent or when it's like, I just think giving a five second penalty to someone who's already two seconds up the road because of an overtake that they did illegally, which you think is illegal, doesn't make sense. Respectfully. Yeah, the five second penalty thing is, again, a bit of a problem here because it it really does give you license. If you know that's what you're going to get, you can basically play your penalty hand you could be like okay I, i'm gonna just overtake illegally because i know i'm gonna get a five second penalty and i'm just gonna pull away from this person and it won't make much difference as it happened it was probably it, it was probably worse for verstappen that that's what he got but the stewards didn't know that at the time you know when he had, when leclerc was able to catch back up and that meant max dropped behind from having to be stationary for five seconds at the pit stop it was actually worse for him than if they just told him to swap the positions 
Um, and, and it made the race more interesting for us because Max then had to come back through and, and pass a couple more people and come from further behind. But if you take that as a general rule, normally a five-second penalty when you already know the outcome, you know, the stewards at that point have looked at the first few laps. They've seen he's pulled a two-second gap or whatever. They're probably safe in thinking at that point, well, he's going to carry on pulling away. So they know that this penalty is going to have way less impact than if they, at that point, say, swap the positions around where he's got to drop back, let Leclerc through, make another overtake. In the stewards' minds, that five-second penalty, they they know, although they were wrong because of the other situations with the safety cars and stuff, but in that moment, they know it's quite a lenient penalty. This he's gonna, It's not really going to affect him too much. And this is the problem as well. We see quite a lot of the time, they will wait until they see how a situation pans out and then they'll apply a penalty afterwards rather than just doing it. Like you said, why does it take seven, eight laps? It was such a clear incident. All it took was one view of a replay and you can go, oh, yeah, there we go. It wasn't like it was a, a gray area or wasn't very clear. He, the, he ended up off the track. He overtook the guy that was in the lead. They both ended up off track. The guy that was winning couldn't turn into the corner and was forced way off. It was obviously Verstappen's fault in that situation. Just given the penalty right there. Like, why, why twist yourselves in knots to try, and, to try and not give it? And I'm sure they had Red Bull on the phone telling them all the reasons. It's lap one. Oh, I was slippery. Um, you know, his nose was ahead, therefore he doesn't have to leave him any room. They'd have had yeah. all of that going on. And yeah. the stewards were in thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, any doesn't mean all, all this, you know, like, yeah. oh, yeah, let's have a good think about yeah. these suggestions what? that he does one know of the where competitors my kid goes are telling us. He does know what happened with my tax last week. That's what you should be saying, Brad. It's not, <laughs> it's deeper than rap. So, no, look, maybe, maybe, look, maybe, look, Brad, Brad, maybe doesn't, Brad doesn't want people at his door. Trust you know? me. It's okay. Don't be afraid. We can't all be doing. We can't all be whistleblowers. Do you know what I mean? Some of. Do you mean? Do you you want to talk about like some of the other incidents so I can prove that I am? Because you're gonna have people going. Well, maybe maybe the general listener on this podcast nowadays is sensible enough to not expect much Verstappen praise. So that's probably I probably won't get much. Oh, they hate it. Sometimes sometimes I tweet some shit out. People just fucking. You know what? They didn't even like say Nash and stop it. They just air it. Like it's just I, there was one time I think I tweeted something private for seven, and it just had like zero likes, zero retweets for like an hour, and then I think someone just must have seen it on the timeline, giving like a sympathy like. I'm not fucking out. Well, I, I just want to prove that I'm <laughs> I, I am impartial, and so there you go. Okay, do you want to talk about George and Max? Yeah, I know this isn't strictly going in order because there were other things that happened before that, but yeah, George and Max. When I first saw that one happen. So just for context, just to remind everyone, um, Max found himself after his five-second penalty having to come back through the pack and make some overtakes. And one of the people he arrived at was George Russell. And he went for a move into one of several, I don't know which one it was, slow left-right chicane things yeah. <laughs> straight. And, um, and what it looked like initially from the TV view I saw was it looked like Verstappen just barged his way through and pushed Russell wide. And that's what I thought happened until I saw the other replays when it became really clear to me that Verstappen was actually, for once, making a completely legitimate overtake, was more than halfway alongside Russell, certainly significantly down his inside, was there for quite a long time. And Russell just turned in, didn't just turn in and leave enough space for Verstappen. He tried to turn onto the bit of track Verstappen was already on and kind of bounced off him, damaged Verstappen's end plate on, on his front wing, but apparently didn't make much difference. And 
and um, you know, obviously hurt himself as well. And Russell admitted afterwards that he didn't see him. You know, he, Russell was apologetic because mm. it, it, this again was quite a clear cut one. The driver on the outside just turned into the driver on the inside, and I'm very consistent um, forever on this situation. You can't just turn across on someone, and we've got other examples where. Um, which I'm not going to go into, famous examples of a car turning in from the outside to a car on the inside. I don't care who it is, whether it's Verstappen doing the turning in or Verstappen being the victim in this case, it's the driver on the outside's fault for trying to drive into the car on the inside. For those who don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about Silverstone 2021, and that was Max Verstappen's fault! Sorry! I'll forever say it! People say Lewis tried to kill him, he did it to himself! Get some racecraft for fuck's sake. Anyway. Oof. Yeah, so for once, it's so yeah, not Max's fault. Yeah. Russell's fault. Not, yeah, simple. for once. Not Max's fault. Uh Tandy, before I get into stars and donkeys, um, I guess your view on the George George Max incident. Yeah. So I thought George was actually I was gonna give him um a little bit of rope to stand on, but um clearly not. It was his fault. Now, yet another thing we have to discuss in-house as a collective on what's going on with our issues. However, Max Stappen is still a reckless driver. He is still a very vengeful driver and he will... I am actually going to say he he went for George with the complete knowledge of what was going to happen once he went for George. So I'll give him that as well. But that's it, yeah. Okie dokie. Well, look... um, yeah, I feel like we'll get into it because I was going to do Stars and Donkeys. I do. It kind of was my donkey, but we'll get into that later. Actually, no, let's get into it now. I don't think I've seen. I'm trying to think of like the Valtteri Bottas years. The Nico Rosberg years. I'm even trying to go back to like the Kovalainen years and like. I don't think I've seen a man who's Lewis Hamilton's teammate make this many errors in one season as I have George Russell. Like violent errors. Is this, are we having like, this conversation these now? Or are we having it? On I think social? we should. I, I, well, this is what I was going to say. Like, I feel like we're all, I feel like we both want to give him our donkey. So let's just, I, I watched the race just now, but I didn't get to see the post-race stuff. So that's what I was just watching that earlier. And he was like, obviously, as you said, Brad, you know, I didn't see him there. Just turned into it. I don't think there was a lot of, I think next season we might see better defence. I don't think people had got their kind of breaking distances sorted out because it looked like there was a lot of moves where people were kind of sending it from quite far back or sending it quite late and the the car on the outside didn't... Like Perez, for example, I feel like got bullied by Leclerc a couple of times on moves where I feel like he maybe could have defended it a bit better, but, you know, who knows. But I feel like George... This season, if we look at Australia, Monaco, uh, Singapore, 
uh, this race, if you think about the practice incident in Spain, um, the qualifying incident in Belgium, um, just the general, I would say, respectfully, some of the bitch arseness he's shown on the radio when he's fighting Lewis and losing, FYI. If there's anything else, remind me. I don't think he's like an accountability king. That's my issue right now. I'm watching the post race and he's like, yeah, it's just a shame, you know, could have been in for a good race. You know, the car's got the pace, but again, just one of those incidents where, you know, we're just slightly unlucky. I'm like, bro, that's your fault. Using his um, (laughs) Mercedes keywords, I feel like at this point they've been told, like there's a training to like being in front of the camera. There's keywords, an incident, just, you know, we've got to come back sharper. It's been a wonderful day here at Insert Race. Anyway, continue. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I, I think it's been a really bad season for George. I, I think, I'm, I'm not going to lie. If he, if he was Mr. Consistency last year, the only consistent thing he's done this year is fuck his own race up. Like, the, the variance in performance on a Sunday, Saturday has been good. Sunday, the variance in performance has not been good enough. And... I think that he needs to go away next year over over winter and work on his racecraft and pressure situations because what I'm seeing is a man that's just chucking away podiums. I'm not even talking about chucking. If the car's good enough, imagine if he's doing that chucking away like wins and obviously he's won already, so I don't want to say that. But look, if you thought that the incidents where he fucking span under a safety car in a Williams, started boring it in front of us. And I think there was another incident where he might have chucked a point away or just like a performance where he could have got, I can't remember. But you know, like most viscerally, I remember the one where he, he binned it under the safety car. The crashing into Bottas when, the when they were on for good thank points. You. That, that was, a, thank it you. didn't look like it at the time, but it was his fault, that one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Brad. We kind of thought, oh, those would be like anomalies. Okay. What would you... You jumped to the microphone. Sorry. Um, what would you say <laughs> to make me like... I'm just playing devil's advocate. What would you guys say to like people who were like, mm. you know what, George is seasoned. He has done the best of what he has with what he has. And he has picked up where Lewis has lacked. What would you say to that? I would say they changed shit. One, where's he picked up where Lewis has lacked? He's fucking 70 plus points behind. But I, in terms of the best of what mm-hmm. he's had, Brad, how would you react to someone that's, that's said that? Yeah, so I think... All, all your thoughts on George in general. I think what saved George's, any of George's reputation this season or, or where he's done well is he's good at one lap qualifying. He's lucky, really, that he's good at one lap qualifying because his race performances, whether you're talking about mistakes that you've highlighted or just general race pace, it hasn't been there at all this year. Um, If you think what what we would be thinking the Mercedes car is like 
over this season, if George was the lead driver, if George was the person scoring the most points, we would be thinking this Mercedes was a much worse car than it actually is. And, and Mercedes would probably, probably be behind McLaren um, in the points. It's, it's where it is this year because of Lewis's race pace. And conversely, the thing that has stopped Lewis looking dominant in that team this year is Lewis's occasional qualifying performance. I don't know what it is, whether it's that he's, he is literally just setting the car up for the race and that's why qualifying doesn't look good or whether he's just had some times where it hasn't gone right. Vegas, I'm still not sure. He was really fast in the race, Lewis, this weekend and was well off in qualifying. But from his reaction after qualifying, it sounded like he thought he just couldn't get the lap together or the car just wasn't working for him. So I'm not sure why it is, but even having said that, Lewis has still beaten Russell on... Uh, or uh, is it at least going to be equal with him on qualifying this year at the moment, still leading head to head by one race. So even if you say Russell's saving grace has been that he's fast in qualifying, he still hasn't beaten Lewis in that area. And he's been significantly behind over long stints in the race. Lewis can qualify 15th and Russell could be fifth. And I'd still be confident this season, if we just take an average race, that Lewis will end up ahead by the end. Um, so yeah, it's that. that's my feelings on George. I think George bought into the George Russell hype over the last couple of years. And last year gave him quite a false sense of security. The beginning of last year. And I think Lewis is showing why he tends to always come out on top in a head-to-head against teammates. And Russell is having to come to terms with that. And the next year is going to really define George Russell's career. Is he going to go on to become a Verstappen or a Leclerc or a Hamilton style figure? Or is he going to become one of those slightly second tier drivers that's really good, but isn't, it doesn't have that last little spark that Hamilton does. So that's my feelings. I'm really glad you said that, Brad, you know, because they think we are biased. And when we say stuff like this, it's nice to be affirmed. So, you know, it's not only just us, well, to be fair, it was only me and Chris who actually believed that, but that's a conversation for another time. Anyway, you're on mute. Meet myself. I'll let you know that I said, sorry that I see, sorry that I see the best in people, you know? I want I believed in him. I believed in him. I thought I thought he could have been the one. Um and I think there's talent there. I think that's a really good point you made, Brad. Do you want to be a Max Leclerc Hamilton or do you want to be like a science? Science. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to be <laughs> with no right in this sport? Because Ocon will get shagged. Yeah. Certain r- drivers who have rights and certain drivers who don't. And Ocon, I'd say, is Ocon has no rights in this sport. Sorry. Do you want to be an Ocon or do you want to be a Max Verstappen? <laughs> is what I'd say. Wow. At least say Pierre, because Ocon's doing better. Pierre, Pierre Gasly. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Pierre Gasly has a loophole. Handsome tags. 
Handsome tax, tax is, is like is. handsome tax is really carrying Pierre this season. Oh, to be fair, Pierre, Pierre should have beaten Ocon this race. He outqualified him by yeah. miles. Oh well, I know Verstappen screwed Ocon's qualifying, but <laughs> but Gasly was up in the top five, and I think the safety cars really screwed him. So yeah, just, just in his defence, I think he has outscored Ocon quite significantly in the second half of the season. Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. Well, he does have rights. You um, love to actually come uh, down on Pierre a lot. You love to really come down on Pierre. Can we talk about that? Like, yeah, yeah sure. We'll talk about it in the off season. Uh, okay. I'll see you there every week, m- Monday, eight pm. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, um, stars and donkeys. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Stars and donkeys. Brad, as the guest, who was your star of the day? Uh, I know this is really obvious. I don't want to take it if you guys were going to say it, but Lewis Hamilton, he did the most overtakes. He absolutely, absolutely had his strategy ruined by the safety car um, and would have been on for a a pretty likely podium from down the grid, wherever he started. Was it 11th, 12th, 12th place, maybe? I think he was looking on for podium. um, After the the signs. Okay. Uh, Anyway, he he was from a, a... a poor grid spot and was strong, making overtakes on merit, even on the harder tyre in the first stint, was looking like he was going to make those tyres last until he then got the puncture, dropped him down, still managed to come back up for strong points and beat his teammate after George received a deserved five-second penalty. So, And had a super positive attitude afterwards, like seemed to, seemed to... This is what I like. when Even if the result isn't what it could have been, you can tell from Hamilton's demeanour if if there is good there's good vibes in the team and it looks like the things that they put on their car brazil aside i think brazil was a weird anomaly the updates have made the difference they thought they were going to validated next year's direction and i think he's just hamilton's been preparing himself for a, a real charge next season and i think he's happy with his own driving qualifying aside again and happy that the team are going to do stuff right over the winter because, you know, it looks like, like I say, the updates are correlating properly. So anyway, my star of the day, because I'm just going to, I just, that noise you just heard with me <laughs> knocking over a Lewis Hamilton figurine. Ah! Um, I, I, I've got figurines of everyone. I'm not biased. You know, there's, I've got all the brothers. <laughs> um, that was actually a present bought for me by a Red Bull fan, ironically. Um, yeah, so anyway, not, he's my star of the day. Race performance, as always, was really good. And yeah, and I think he had the pace to be on the podium and it bodes well. So there we go. That's my star. No, it bodes really well. And I think uh, Lewis, yeah, no, he had a great performance. Tandy, um, any, th- any thoughts on, on, on Lewis? Lewis looks so fit this weekend. That's actually all I've got to say about Lewis. He looked so fit this weekend. Look, Lewis Hamilton's not my type. Everybody knows this but I will give credit where credit is due. Lewis Hamilton is hot. Oh my God. Brilliant driving as well. Love all that. <laughs> uh, look, he's a handsome man. You know, I've been going back to the gym recently and like just in the back of my mind, I'm like, if I can get my arms like Lewis's, like yeah. I'm like, I'm like 10% on the way to being like penger 
Right. If I can get anything, I'd... So 10% of being Penga, no, don't say that. Maybe, yeah, I thought you were going to say 10% like, no, of being Lewis. I was going to say, oh, minus one, but... Well, I know, you know. <laughs> well, um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, no, yeah, I uh, I know he, he looked great. Look, he looked great at that little GQ, um, that little GQ interview. Mm-hmm. He put on his best uh, American slash English accent for that one. Yeah, that gave him the ick. Yeah, well, but you know, it looks so good. Then that, you know, he had the he had the leather vest at one point, oh and then he had like a little red Corella de Villa outfit. Knows how to party. Yeah, I swear no, that was shot in Vegas. He did. Well. Anyway, it was shot in Nevada Desert. Mm-hmm, correct. Um, so anyway, uh, Lewis is great. I think. I think we we're just mentioning Pierre earlier. Um. Unlucky with the safety car, and and um, uh, I think uh, Leclerc, who was my star of the day, um, was also unlucky with that big guard. <laughs> um, so I think that um, I think today was like Leclerc's strongest performance of the season. I can't remember another Leclerc performance. I feel like this is the Leclerc that we all know is there and I think when you contrast it to what whatever his teammate was trying to do at the start of the race and you look at his performance you know you know qualifying he seems like he's coming back into you know kind of form a little bit but just like his tenacity and his um his ability to like keep up with the red bulls and you know the way that he hunted down max again we've not really seen anyone hunt down max that many times this season I'm trying to think of a time where someone's overtaken Max with a lead this season. Although Max had to pit, but, you know, Max fucked his tyres trying to get away and probably build a gap because he had the five-second penalty. So um, I think it bodes well for next season if Ferrari can kind of keep this development kind of going and Charles can keep this kind of form. He, you know, he did have a little... He did have a little Charles moment... Uh, you know, um, which you know, which he always seems to have his little brain fart moments. But um, what's the term we use? I can't remember what we say. What is it, Tandy? Bozo Gene. What term? The Bozo Gene got activated. Oh, Bozo Gene. The Bozo Gene. <laughs> the Bozo Gene got activated. Guys, uh, I nearly said bit... that live on <laughs> yeah. on the last lap show when that happened. When he when he went deep, locked up, whatever. I nearly stole that and said, "Oh yeah, it says Bozo Gene," but no one would have known what I was talking about well, unless you, you know guys happen to be watching. So. Not though, Brad. I was scrolling on Twitter and someone said Bozo Gene. Like someone just tweeted Bozo Gene, and I was like, "I swear we invented that," but I don't know if I invented it or not. Did I invent it? Did I invent Bozo Gene? I don't think you invented it. Are we sure? <laughs> I was like, he doesn't have he doesn't have the dog in him. No, that dog in him. What does he say? I invented that. I invented that. I definitely said that. You invented You did not invent no you didn't get out of here you absolute liar I'm gonna let you lie on <laughs> you might have invented Brazilian I don't know Pistol Fracker I brought that in I'm not sure Between... mm, oh yeah Pistol Fracker boys yeah 
between, I think it might have been someone on Pistol Frack, I'm not going to lie. But either way, look, look, you made it a hot line. We made it a hot song, guys. Sorry. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think, no, really good. Really enjoyed Charlotte Claire's uh, performance this weekend. I loved it when he's like, his eyes died a little bit when he, they were like, he was like, oh, did you guys fit under the safety car when they were in the Rolls Royce on the way to the podium? And, and uh, Max and Checo were like, yeah. And you can just see in his face like, oh. Um, because obviously he didn't. It's hilarious that no one told him that as well. Like, oh, the two behind you are on new tires. He just must have thought, like, oh, my pace is fucked. So, bless Charles, bless Ferrari as always. Um, Brad, any thoughts on Charlotte Claire? I was happy to see him have a car, a, a track where Ferrari's tire wear wasn't so much of a problem. I was super surprised he managed to overtake uh, Verstappen in that first stint really thought when that gap was getting bigger, it was just going to keep getting bigger. I'd given up on the race win. And then suddenly he came back at him and actually made an on-track pass. Didn't he overtake three Red Bulls? Didn't, did he overtake Verstappen on track and then Perez twice? So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's twice, no yeah. mean feat in a car which isn't as good. So, yeah, I, Leclerc, I, I like him. He's one of my favourites. I'm really happy for him to do well. I, I just wish he'd actually managed to get the win. But I, when I was younger, I used to hate Ferrari. I was... I felt about Ferrari like I do about Red Bull, although actually in a different way. But I uh, I now root for them if they're the ones with a chance of beating Red Bull, you know, if Mercedes aren't in the hunt. So, um, yeah, go go Leclerc. He seems nice. And he's go the prettiest. Leclerc. Second, but, uh, according to Tandy. Um, so, <laughs> um, John Leclerc has been uh, looking great recently, actually. I will give him, he is the prettiest. The second pretty. He's very pretty, isn't he? Yeah. He's been looking great recently. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, Any thoughts on Charles' performance on the racetrack? I feel, I always feel so sorry for Charles because even though you guys are saying this is classic Charles racing, is classic Charles racing always kind of being per se the Pied Piper of the, of the formula, of the grid and constantly being like, fuck the man. And is it the Pied Piper? It's, Robin Hood, Robin Hood, right? Robin Hood goes around. He's very much fuck authority and he'll mash up authority's day just for the entertainment. And I feel like that is who Charles Leclerc is. Like we often see him sometimes. Is he on the bad, good side or is he on the bad side? But really and truly is classic Charles driving, just him mashing up the winner's race. Is that what we're going to just come to terms with now? Is this where Charles is? Like surely... Is he a winner? Right, you are. Okay, so you are more, you are more for, for Charles more, than just being the one who... It's really just sad to see a man, like, overtake... I swear he did five yeah. overtakes. Five? I don't know. Um, he, he did... Oh, you know, we're just saying, he did a, he done three on uh, the on the two Red Bulls. So, like, yeah, Checo twice and Max once, which is... Like, there you like, go, right, which is, like, really good, but... This is quite basic. No? Okay, maybe just me. No one else. Yeah, no, I get it. Maybe just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could look. I could see it in your face when I said I wanted to make Charlotte my star of the day, and I could just see like no, the... because he was going to be my star of the day as well because his efforts oh, okay. are seen oh. and appreciated. It's not me criticizing him, mm. but 
the conversation of when we say, oh, this is classic child, this is what child does. We say this every time he doesn't even win. So is this where child just sits now on the grid in terms of what kind of driver we, driving we expect from him? He should have won though. He would Without the safety car at the end, I think this was his. And he mugged a Red Bull on the last lap, like absolute boss overtake. Waited till the last lap so that he couldn't be re-overtaken and just went boom. Because he's no a questions. menace. He's a menace. But is this where we're admitting <laughs> Charles sits on the menace line or on an actual person who we can trust? Because he probably won't have the same performance next week. This is what I'm saying to you guys. He's not someone you can bet on consistently. Okay. Mm. And I think hopefully... Okay. No, no, no. I, I, I think what I'm trying to say is... Yeah. I get it. I get what you're saying. I think it's one of those things where... If you think back to the beginning of last season the first five races, five, six races were shared between like Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen. I think Checo got a win here and there, whatever. But Charles Leclerc was there, right? But there was also the Bozo moments, right? Um, is it Imola? Um, uh, and other other places, I think there was, was it France where he just fucking binned it? Or Spain, I can't remember, where he just binned it on his own. So, yeah, it would be cool for him to have a car that is a consistent... I feel like Ferrari and Mercedes are quite similar in race to race. You don't know what you're going to get from the car. And I think it'd be, it'd be cool to see Charles in a consistent car not have those Bose moments and doing this week after week after week. And I think that's I think that's a fair thing to say. Look, it's not too long ago that people were saying the science is actually better than Sharp because of how the season was going. Um, <laughs> not me though. So, Can't be easy. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, any other stars of the day, Tandy? Are you just going to say Sharp? Um, I'm going to throw Oscar Piastri in there. I love Oscar Piastri. I think what really made me happy about Oscar Piastri is whilst we didn't know what had actually happened with that whole puncture thing, he was so honest and open. He was like, you know what? Like, I don't even think it was Lewis's fault. I think we literally just went in at the same time. And the sportsmanship, like on that, do you know how many drivers would have just thrown Lewis under the bus just because they can? And it's just great for publicity. I love that from him. That is all. Okay, nice. Uh, Brad. Um, no, that's fine. Thank you. Brad, um, any particular reason why Oscar and Lewis was the racing incident, but George and Max wasn't? Yeah, so I, I said at the, I said earlier on, these were all like pretty clear cut. Of all of the incidents, this was the least clear cut, but I, I've still got quite a clear opinion on it. Lewis didn't do anything wrong. He made made a move, was didn't didn't force Oscar particularly wide, held his line, and Piastri just tried to hang on round the outside a bit longer. So the George Verstappen incident happened much earlier in the corner. George turned in like there wasn't a Verstappen there. Oscar didn't do that. Oscar turned in as if there was a car up his inside. But his problem was he tried to stay there when the corner was finishing. They came out the other side of the corner and the barrier begins to get very, very close to the edge of the track. Yeah. And instead of kind of conceding and realizing, okay, I've lost the high ground. The car on the inside has not only kind of passed me, you know, 99% of the move was finished you know, they were leaving the corner and he tried to just hang on a bit too long. And I think in hindsight, if that whole thing happened again, he would have just kind of slipped in behind Lewis a bit earlier. Like we saw 
when Leclerc got overtaken by the Red Bulls yeah. during the race, and the se- I think it was the same corner. They do look the same, those corners. Yeah. He, he realized what was happening, <laughs> tucked in behind to fight another day. And Piastri tried yeah. to kind of hang on to something which was already lost. And that's why it, it's a racing incident because, yeah, Lewis didn't give him any room on the exit, but Piastri also wasn't entitled to any room because the move was completed and Lewis was ahead by the time they got to the exit wall. So that, that's why. It wasn't particularly bad from anyone. Piastri didn't do anything terrible. He just kind of kept his foot in a bit where he should have realised that it was finished. That's all. Yeah, now we'll come with the experience, I think. Um, Nicky is like just, just a dream sh- second driver in my eyes. Oscar Piastri, in my eyes, just a, a dream I know, look, fantasy. And then, look, um, like I said earlier this weekend, um, George Russell, bro, you've got a couple of seasons. And then, you know, I do see George in another team. I don't think George will ever leave Mercedes, personally. Um, if Lewis says he wants to stay for five years, George is not going to stay for six. I'll tell you that now. So, you know, who knows what could happen in the future. Um, a special shout out to Esteban Ocon finishing fourth. Uh, mostly because he's pissed off Verstappen fans as well this weekend. I saw loads of comments under like one of the F1 posts, I think on Instagram about Esteban Ocon coming fourth and loads of the comments are just super negative. Um, an enemy of my enemy is my brother. Let me say that now. So if Ocon is an enemy of the Orange Army, you've got safe haven here, brother, in Carl LH. You and your little RC car, which you love driving around with Lewis, bring it over into Carl LH. We will house you and keep you safe and give you refuge, brother. Don't you worry about that. Great performance. Also, those Alpine Palace jackets are hard as fuck. Uh, shout out to Palace uh, and Alpine. That's a really cool collaboration. Much better than, as Tanya said, the Puma F11. ASAP, please, next design, sort that out. I'm not wearing a fucking half kilt, bro. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Quickly, donkey of the day, Brad. Perez. Because he well, he qualified badly, didn't he? I know Lewis did too, but separately, Perez qualified worse in a better car. Um, he then was gifted a golden opportunity to win the race. You know, he had the lead at one point and was overtaken. And was overtaken by his teammate, who was in a damaged version of the same car he's in. Um, and then also got mugged by another person on the last lap, having left the door open and the bar is really low for Perez. And, oh, he was obviously helped by the safety car to even get into that position. And, yeah, the bar's really low so that people will say, yeah, he did a really good job. He finished third again in a car, which is the quickest, and his teammate just is easily won from, from uh, despite adversity, you know, despite losing some of his front wing. So, yeah, Perez, he's just constant un- underperformer and satisfied with it. No, that makes sense. Um... I am trying to log on to my Twitter account on this new laptop, but I can't remember our password. So I'll get back to that in a bit. Tandy, you're done for the day. I need to read everyone's tweets. Maybe I should I need be, to read everyone's tweets. I have access to our Twitter. 
However, my yeah, I, I mean, I've got it on my, I've got it on my phone. Um, okay, so this is donkeys. Yeah, donkeys. Yeah, uh, I think I am just gonna have to put for justice for the uh, the people who lost all their money, <laughs> and for the people who went to Vegas mm. expecting something and did not receive it. So I'm gonna put the Vegas grumpy pre into there. Um, for all the drivers who are tired, for all the drivers, Lando Norris is apparently suing F1 as well. Um, don't know what's happening to that. I, would, sorry, I, saw, I saw that on a headline, honestly. Why would Lando... What was this on the shade room? It wasn't the shade room. Why are you so <laughs> Where rude? Are you Why are you so rude? Stop that. No, it actually wasn't. It wasn't. Um, yeah. Uh, if I type in Lando Norris... Honestly, type it in right now. It's a Google. All right, here we type go. in Lando Norris. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, she's right. Not the journalist <laughs> being correct. That's brazy. <laughs> well, look, well, uh, as, you know, the aforementioned suing, yeah. Andy, you know you like that word. Um, F1 News, Formula 1 being sued as Lando Norris. No, you're a dickhead. Why? This is a headline. I don't think for, it's we're on Twitter. I don't know what what article it is. Okay, I've I've just I've just understood this as well. Yeah, it's Wait. two separate things. It's it's two it's, separate things. Lando Norris oh, is going to hospital, and Formula One is being sued <laughs> by two separate things. Well, You're Formula a One being sued in the way with somebody in the way. <laughs> Lando Norris is suing Formula it's One because he crashed. I saw it on Twitter. He needs to pay his medical bills. I would sue I would sue. I would sue too. Okay, so wow. I'm still putting them in the donkeys. The journalists can't even read head. Can't even read headlines. I've literally not been working since May. Please leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, I think I would sue as well. Anyway. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> not that funny. No, no. It, um, it wasn't funny. It's not funny. Yeah, it's so just, just everyone who lost money. Um, yeah. I was going to add a little bit of spice to your story and try to give you something like Lando's backing it, but clearly he's not. Um, <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, I just think it's peak having gone all the way out there and just getting something that you didn't expect. Also, I'd like to also put Max Verstappen in there because that whole circus is literally for him anyway. And... For someone who is mm. supposed to be the main character of this whole palaver, you are pretty basic. Um, that is all. Yeah. Bro, you know, you, you give your kid this whole fucking pie. I've got fucking a, a booked Flow Rider to, to sing your favourite song. And <laughs> I booked... Whatever out of luck rapper I can get, you no, know, whatever whoa, for the like budget. Like balloon arrangement for you. We've got an ice cream station Bro. over there. We brought Beyonce over uh, to sing your favorite song to you, and all you want to no, do is play in the sand. No. Look, no, oh, and I prefer when we go to McDonald's. God, you're so ungrateful. Like I need more of these nepo babies to nepo the fuck up. Honestly, Lando Norris, <laughs> you're living my dream, bro. Sort it out. That yeah, no, I was going to say Lando. That that Lando. Uh, uh, I'm going to. Yeah. Two seconds. Hold on. Um. 
So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, Lando was just, uh, that was a lot. Uh, he should have done better. Has everyone had their donkeys then? Is it me? I feel like I've, I think I, uh, my donkey is, I mean, we kind of said it, George, um, Lando Norris, I think. Actually, no. Fernando Alonso. Sorry. Sorry, that is some amateur shit that he done at the start. And he, I think, obviously there was the other day, I can't remember which track he did quite well at. I don't know if that was a podium. I think it was a podium. Of course, um, Brazil. Um, And, you know, that's good. But that is amateur hour, bro. You can't just spin in the first corner. And I love how like Valtteri Bottas just had road rage. I was just like rammed into him again, just for good measure. <laughs> you know, when someone's in front of you in the fucking, in the supermarket and you're just like, huh? Oh no, if you want to play games, we'll play games right now. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, like, I just, that was so funny. Uh, I don't know what the fuck Fernando Alonso thought he was doing in that first corner. Um, I think it was, yeah, super amateur hour. And honestly, any excuse to shit on Fernando, I will take it. So, um, big up to Fernando Alonso. Um, the guy that said that Lewis Hamilton can't drive normal cars. Well, this is the best car you've had in ages and, uh, you're still fumbling race results. So who is the better driver? Not you. Um, tweet, Brad. You can read these out as well. I'm going to send it to you on WhatsApp because currently I have not got a computer that I can send this to you on. Tandy, do you have the tweets up? I do. No, okay. I do. Okay. I do. I oh, do. do. Okay, cool. I'm always on job. Okay, cool. Do you want to, do you want to choose one? You're okay. so on job. Uh, okay. I'm going to say Mimi255241. Hi, Mimi. Uh, your star is my man Lewis Hamilton from ten to fourteen, then makes his way up to like fifth. I think then, he, I think then goes down to last and still manages P seven at the end. He could have made a podium if if not for that puncture. And her donkey is no one major stood out as a flop in this race. Wow, girl, girl, kinder than us. Tell you that for free. <laughs> Should I do another I one? Kind, kinder than us. I've got a map. I've got a map. Oh, though, Brad, do, do you have any that you want to read? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Right. So I'm reading tweets and people are giving you, right. Okay. I understand the concept now. So mm-hmm. I was like <laughs> a little bit behind. Okay. Um, so let, I'm just, just picking a random one. First one I've stopped at. Um, st- this is Jeff. Desert Storm. Am I allowed to read out someone's handle? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Desert yeah, Storm yeah. 24 ID. Jeff says, Star Lewis. He had tremendous pace. Without that puncture, he would have been on the podium. So he's agreeing with me. Uh, Donkey, <laughs> Mercedes pit crew. Yeah, I mean, they are serving mm. up. So, uh, they just, I don't understand how they are still so bad. I, I need someone to explain to me what they're doing behind the scenes to rectify it. And if they're not, why? Like, How has no one noticed that their pit stops are that bad. Um, so, yeah, donkey. And then, hang on, what's TP? What was the last bit? Uh, talking point. All oh, right, okay. Their talking point was surprising that the racing was actually pretty good, better than Miami. Yeah, a lot better than Miami. It was actually a good race. Miami is terrible. And 
I think a lot I of the Miami, other tracks are going to be worried. I feel like Miami's the one an American race on the streets that's good. You go to Miami? I'd go to Miami. You're trash, Tandy. It's a trash place. Come on now, we need to about me, though. Yeah, I think I would actually go to Miami, you know. But then again, I'm not going to Miami to watch... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to Miami to watch a pinnacle race. Into Miami. <sighs> So you want to go to South Beach, Miami, to party? I don't party. That's different to... Okay, but would you go to watch an F1 race yeah. in the F1 track yeah. in Miami? Yeah. In in FL. I'm not even going to say for La- whatever Florida. that always, because every time I say... Florida. Is that what you say? For Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. I don't know. Ask the American. Fort Lauderdale. Anyway, I will do, but they, anyway, um, we've got Joy Mariah who says, Star of the day, Sir Lewis Hamilton, Leclerc Perez, Donkey of the Day, Woody from Toy Story. Hey, kind of shit will get you cancelled. <laughs> I don't think we ever spoke about that, but the, the reaction to us calling George Woody, us or more even. Even even in F1 Twitter terms, I do think everyone overreacted to that. I'm not gonna lie. People were making out like we called him like something really offensive, but I didn't think we like yeah. He looks like Woody. He does. Like you guys, yeah. Anyway. 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 Anyway, anyway. So Talking points, Ferrari getting closer to P2. With one late race left, um, four points between. Are we going to Abu Dhabi? I liked Toto Wolf's comments about there being a, a, a normal race director this time round. So you know, there's not going to be uh, any last uh, last lap kerfuffles. Gun to your head, Brad. Who's getting P two, uh, Mercedes or Ferrari? Ooh. So I cared about this a bit for a while and now I don't think I care now I kind of think (laughs) it might be nice for Merck to come third so they've just got that bit more development time and Mm. budget Um, Mm. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Merck because on balance they have performed slightly better Ferrari have had better peaks than Mercedes but I think as a collective Mercedes are stronger. It's really close though. Like it's it's kind of a coin flip going into Abu Dhabi. So I don't really know who's going to be suited to that track more either. Slow speed, yeah. traction zones. Mercedes actually not that bad. Um, yeah. There's not that many kind of high speed corners. Abu Dhabi might suit them a bit more. So yeah, I don't know really. Fifty um, fifty, but I'm going to go Merck. Nice, Tandy. Do you reckon Mercedes will bring it home in second? I just, I just don't want to chance it with this team. I'm going to be very honest. <laughs> I just don't even want to chance okay. it. Yeah. And I'm so glad this is the oh, last cool. race of the season. Like, I'm literally galloping yeah. with joy in my heart. Like, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to hide yeah. it. This season has been a lot. Yeah, no. It's, it's, look, 23 races, man. It's been uh, a war of attrition trying to squeeze blood out of a stone it's in terms not of content even, it's, it's not yeah it's race content it's the ringing in my ear of that freaking same thing it's having to come up with more and worse ways to call max verstappen like just anyway let me just not get into it a bitch is emotional 
Yeah, let's. Yeah, no, I can tell. Yeah. Um, so, um, look, that's it, guys. Thank you so much to 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 you guys. Thank you to Brad. Um, let me give you what I would say is a lovely round of applause. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Um, where can people find you online, Brad? Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Even if, like I say, no, it no. was a last minute. Um, it was last. Minute. I know it wasn't replacement. I appreciate it. But no, did you tell me that, um, that you were replacing? No, I just, I just no. guessed because it was like you know I'm going to make this later now because it was like eight twelve p.m. when he was like, <laughs> Brad, could you could you come on tonight? Um, so people can find me uh, on Twitter if you want at Bradley Philpot. Although because I'm young and cool, if you're talking to me in person, call me Brad. That's fine. <laughs> it sounds cooler. Um, so at Bradley Philpot, or you can go check out my YouTube channel where I occasionally, trying to be more regularly, post cool videos of me doing cool car stuff, whether it is beating Formula One drivers at the Race of Champions, which happened eight years ago today, um, or whether oh, it wow. is... T- yeah, it's his photo up here. I, ju- I only just saw it on Facebook memories. I don't just know what the date was. Um, <laughs> or whether it's teaching complete novices to drive crazy fast cars around the Nürburgring and risking my life. Um, you can check out those videos on my YouTube channel. Just search for Brad Philpot Motorsport or just Brad Philpot on YouTube and you'll find those. So thank you very much. I must say as well, the production value on them is is really cool. Um, really, really kind of love seeing like the progression that you've, you're kind of making with the content. And if anyone is uh, interested in that kind of content, 100%, I would recommend going over to Brad's channel because there's mm-hmm. some really good shit over there, bro. Um, I'm proud of you for, for the work you're doing. And yeah, fucking hell. Well, that's basically the season. Also, quickly, just wanted to say, although it's not the 100th episode, we've had obviously more episodes on the channel. Because is this our 100th episode? Like the preview shows. and the, This is Quickstop 100. Um... <laughs> Which is crazy. You That's why you about. got me on. Because it's a special one on. and you wanted the oh, best possible crew. I fucked it. That's what I should have said. I only just, rem- I only just remembered that it's the 100th episode now because I was into, I was just started drifting off to what I was going to title it. And I was like, oh shit, it's the 100th. So, well, congratulations to wow. you guys. I tried Thank a podcast you. and I think it lasted you six episodes. Of I got tired of it. So. Um, no, I, look, doing a podcast is is uh, a labour of love, but it's, it's it's easy to do it when you uh, have when you such incredible Tandem. guests that come on every week. Um, yeah. You know. I... Wait, so that's 100 episodes with Nyasha and like 63 with Tandy. Okay, right now, Brad, right. Okay. It's Let's that. make things clear it's right that. now, right? So sometimes Nyasha decides he actually <laughs> wants to come on the pod on his own. Like he, he has these days where he's like, do you know what? Today, I just want to get straight to a point. And it doesn't tell you that. I don't know what he'd be telling you guys when I'm not there. And then then sometimes I have a life. Mama's, go- Mama's got to go. Like, I can't be with my kids <laughs> all the time. I'm not a full-time parent. <laughs> That's the truth. It's hard being a content creator. Tandy acts. Full-time parent. Tandy acts like the visitation days are not the same fucking day a week. Like, <laughs> sometimes Nash just wants to be on his own. Like, I'm taking a kid on a fucking Friday. It's Monday. Mom's got to go dye her hair blonde. <laughs> um, look, 
yeah, you know, right? God forbid. Um, but look, guys, thank you so much. I was trying to get to was that we can do that the support that we have from you guys. Um, what this channel has transformed into from the first episode to where it is now is ridiculous. The experiences that we've had, meeting again, incredible guests. Tandy gets invited to any fucking motorsport industry event in the world. You know, I'm glad that she's getting some of those experiences. Um, we've got an incredible team. Thank you to Chris, Mario, and Tasha. And thank you to guys at home. So, um, yeah, 100. And here's to another 100, man. 100. Um, and with that being said... Keep it on. 100! Um, so, uh, yeah, no matter what life there's at you... Keep it on the black stuff. <laughs> Fucking hell, got there in the end. Have <laughs> in the hundredth episode. Have a lovely time, guys. Take care. <laughs> Goodbye.